With this book, I have found who I am and I have found who I need to be speaking to. And I've found just that purpose of like, I need to tell my story to show someone else that like you can get through this. And there is, there is light on the other side and then the darkness might come again and you'll get through it and you'll, you know, but you'll only get through it by, you know, that you, you, you can't heal what you don't feel. So you have to feel into it. You have to lean into it, asking for help, which is the hardest thing to do in the world. But once you do it, it gets better. And, and, you know, so just educating moms, young moms and, and women and, and women entrepreneurs as well, in terms of like, telling their authentic story stop trying to hide that everything's perfect because nothing's perfect help me see is a podcast that redefines the word vision through vulnerable and real conversations my own private introspective ramblings about the things that i think about in the wee hours of the morning and my deep core belief that your nothingness is your everything and all you have to do is see. I'm Bianca Mora. I'm your host. I am an educator, a photographic artist, and I believe that your daily photo habit can be the key to unlocking the ability to be more present in your everyday life and live deeper into your intention and purpose. We're not about the small talk here. Grab your coffee, get cozy, and let's talk. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Oh, today I have such a sweet episode. We have Joe Dodd on the show. She is a coach and author who writes books for kids and their adults. <laughs> After a six-month furlough in 2020, Joe took a bold leap, stepping away from a 25-year career in corporate America to launch Joetopia Productions, where she writes content that focuses on the power of positive thinking, embracing diversity, and crushing fear. As a mom to four boys and having battled a deep depression for many years, Joe is passionate about shining a light for any mama bear struggling with the ever-increasing pressure of motherhood. Joe has a one-of-a-kind picture book for moms available on pre-order and right now that tells an authentic, poignant, dark, and sometimes humorous story of motherhood. Oh my goodness gracious. Joe is something special. Um, if you want to learn more about her after the episode, please go to the show notes and find out about her one-on-one coaching packages and her books. This conversation and her creations, her books are something that I wish I would have come across in early motherhood. And I am honored to have her on the show talking about her story and her journey. So please, without further ado, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy hearing from Joe. And if this episode was helpful or inspired you in any way, go ahead and share and tag. We'd love to hear about it on with the show. So welcome, welcome to another episode of Help Me See. Today, we have a special treat. We have Joe Dodd on the show. She is an author, a coach, and we've been talking already, and I can't wait to get into it. We should probably hit record. This is all good stuff. (laughs) Um, Joe, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Bianca. I'm really happy to be here. It's great to chat with you. So great to chat with you. So 
I want to talk about all the things. You have a new book coming out. Um, so can you tell us just a little bit about the book first and foremost? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, it's called Dear Mama Bear with the effed up hair. <laughs> so and uh, this is it's right here. Um, and it's it's a picture book for mums. Um, so <laughs> it's it's one of a kind, it's different. Um, I originally was I've written three children's books and published three children's books. And I was going to write like more of a self-help book for mums, which I still have down the road. It's going to be called Stepping Away from Super Mum. Um, but as I was writing that, I stopped and thought like, I'm writing to somebody like me. I don't have time to sit and read a book. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on a second. I I would love to have a bedtime story. I would love to be tucked into bed. I would love to have a picture book. So then I was like, you know what? I could do that for moms. So that's where this came from. Oh my God. Yeah. Bye. So it's, I'm just, it's honestly, I've never been prouder of anything in my life, like apart from my kids, of course. <laughs> um, but it is, it's like something that I've done and it, I don't even remember writing it. It just came to me. It's a very simple poem. And it's dark and poignant and authentic and sometimes funny. Um, but it's kind of, I just, it's just, it's a lovely picture book. And I think it does pull out like the number of women I've shown it to that it, they just, it resonates like something within the book resonates about their journey of motherhood. Um, and the other thing is, is the illustrations are absolutely phenomenal. I was so lucky and I met, I never met her in person, but Sarah Lovell, who is a, an incredible artist, he's actually in my hometown from England. So we met through a friend of a friend. Um, yeah. And my one of my best friends owns a bookshop in in Wimborne in Dorset called Gulliver's Bookshop. And she, Sarah Lovell, the artist, like would sell cards in the bookshop. And so I saw like her art and I was like, I wonder if she'd be interested in, in, you know, illustrating my book. So I asked my friend Jane and Jane was like, sure, you know, get in touch with her. And so that's what led to this. We, we now have this friendship. Like it's, it's amazing. And her illustrations just made the book. Like, oh, oh my gosh. I saw uh, on your Instagram, you flipped through a page and immediately, immediately I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, she really cool. And the, the funny thing was, is I, we had very, very little conversation back and forth in terms of what I was looking for. She just got the essence of the book and she really liked the poem and she, she just connected to the story. And so there wasn't anything I changed. Like when she'd send me a spread, I was like, perfect. It's great. Like, it's good. So yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait to get it out in the world. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Thank you know, you. I have to say, um, going back to kind of beckoning back to what we were talking about before we hit record. <laughs> I had goosebumps when you were talking about how like you're the most proud of this and you've done children's books before and you did the children's books before for the children. And isn't yeah. that the way? Yeah. I get children. Kids, the kids. Yeah. And not, but for me, it's like kid book, kid book, kid book for moms. Yeah. And we were talking about how, you know, part of this whirlwind, part of this paradigm we find ourselves in of like, how am I feeling so isolated when everyone in the world is a mother, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this idea that from the very beginning, from the pregnancy starting, it's all about the baby, the baby, the resources for the baby, the newborn classes, the blah, 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 blah. But it, there's just not conversation around what is about to happen to you? To you, yeah, yeah, 
you are going to be what isn't it like chemically also as well as everything else a completely different person Mm -hmm. afterwards and you know all of that emphasis on the baby can really lead to this feeling of isolation and I just love how your book and its existence in the world is such an invitation and opening to consider the mother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Focus on the mother. Focus on the mom. And that, yeah. And that's it. I just got chills as you were saying all of that. Cause that's exactly like, if I could go back, you know, I've my children, I've got my oldest is 25. So he's not a child. I have a young man. My oldest is 25 and my youngest is 10. And if I could go back and give advice to that young mom that I was in my early twenties, it it is to like, make it about you. Like, yes, you have these kids that you have to take care of and that you have to find a way to, to cope and do everything. And there are beautiful moments and there are really dark moments in all of that, but you have to take care of you. And that's like, I, the isolation for me was this, I didn't realize that nobody, that anybody else felt that. Like, I thought that was just me. And I beat myself up internally. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. And I don't even, I think, I don't think I really, like, I really recognized it in myself until it was kind of, as I was talking to a therapist and as things came out, like how depressed I'd been. And it was all because I had completely lost myself. I completely lost myself in being a mom and all the things and trying to juggle a career and do everything and yet not really focusing on anything I really wanted. And I lost who I was. And it's, that's what this book to me is all about. And there are some really, there are some dark pages where it's like, it's very dark and the mom is sitting, you know, in like curled up in a corner crying. And I think so many moms can relate to that. And what I want to spread, the message I want to spread is that you are not alone. And, and the more we can just reach out to each other and create support for each other, the better we'll be. And then in turn, the better our kids will be because they're happier when we're happier, you know? I mean, I think back to that period and I remember at one point I couldn't verbalize even Mm -hmm. what, it was so bad. I said, I feel black. I just feel blackness. Yeah. Just just like, just like my hoodie, just complete black. I didn't, it was the scariest feeling ever. Yeah. And you know, I would go and like look online and find these forums of, you know, women that didn't even tell their partners for years. And I just thought, I mean, I still felt that bad. And I did tell my partner. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I couldn't even fathom. And it's like a huge reason why I just, I'm so dedicated to this um, transparency and honesty and like giving any sort of like platform and space to talk about this, because mm-hmm. I think that it's so it, even just internally shamed. Like I remember when I would be honest about my experience, even though I believed and I knew, and I know in my deepest core that it's right to be talking about this, I would still feel like the daggers of like, am I looking ungrateful? Am yeah. I look, do they think I'm negative? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like the healthy, why am I, you know, there are people worse off than me. Yeah, exactly. all of that. Yeah, it's so true. And it's so, it's so hard to cope with that because you do beat yourself up internally and you've got all of this going on anyway. So it just becomes this like, well, who am I going to tell anyway? And to your point, like I'm being negative, so I can't put that out there. Mm -hmm. But the more I, you know, as I've grown into this, it's like realizing the more I get this out, the brighter I can be, you know, and that's with my, the, the company I started is called Jotopia. 
And it really is, it's a mindset. And like, I, I have this sunshine behind me because it's like, even on my darkest days, I can find the sun. And that's, that's what I want to spread is that once we do start talking about this, once we do just let go and say, I am having the shittiest day, I don't know how to get through this just to one person, you've let that out. And mm. that allows the space to you to start feeling, you know, a little better. And it, you know, it's not going to magically just like you say it, tell one person and then it gets better, but it's just that conversation around mental health for moms that I'm so passionate about now. There was a meditation that I, the title was perfect. It, it was a uh, look and it shall lift. Mm. It's so true. It's like, if you're, it's like the boogeyman, like if you're afraid of your closet and you don't yeah. open it, it might as well be just like the biggest, darkest thing. But if you just open it, yeah, you know, just open it and look at it. It's probably smaller than you think, or maybe it's just as ugly, but like the knowing, like the fear, the height, the highest fear is right before you actually see it, you know? So So just like letting the air out of that is, is so important. And that's why I'm so glad that you leaned into, you know, with the artist that did your book too, the dark pages and you're like, here, let them be dark. Cause that's what it is. They're really dark. And that's, yeah. And that's the thing. Like I actually had a conversation with somebody and she's like, don't you think it's a little bit too dark? And And she's like, I don't know if like, I would like to read this book. And I was like, that's fine. Not everybody is going to like to read this, but it's authentic. I was like, my parts of my journey with motherhood, even recently have been so dark. But they've been so bright too. Like, so it's like, you have to share the darkness to be able to see the light. Like you have to give both. You can't just say, oh, it's wonderful. Cause it's not like, I don't know any mom that like, it's all perfect all of the time. And if it was, how, how would we be able to even appreciate how that, you know, I, I always say if I, if I could distill motherhood into one word for me, it's dichotomy. It is Mm. like, extremes <laughs> oh my god I just can't hug you hard enough but also get away from me it can happen oh like 60 god. times in a day <laughs> but you know it's just and but owning this it's the best thing you can do because when you think about it especially as we like come into this beautiful new era of more conscious parenting and really there are words that come out of my mouth that all of a sudden I stop and I think it's something I've heard my whole life and I'm like wait that's not that's kind of fucked up. Like, I don't want to say that to him. And, you know, and everything that I'm trying to give to him, really, I should be giving to myself, letting him be the wholeness of him and not telling him he's to this or he's to that, or like to suck it up or whatever. I should be saying the same things to myself. And as you said earlier about how, you know, that's something, the more you focus on you, the better it is for them. That's not just saying, it's not just like a sugarcoating thing. It's like, you want to model for them what you hope they will do for themselves. Absolutely. I I was talking to my son's teacher. We had a terrible drop-off. I literally cried for two hours yesterday. It was just Mm. terrible. And I, I was talking to her about, you know, what can we do to blah, 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 blah. And one of the things she's like, she said is like, he'll do what you do, not what you say. So whatever you're telling, and she was using it as the context of like cleanup and like helping him, whatever. But <laughs> I heard it as like a. Yeah. Like, much bigger thing. Yeah. He will do yeah. what I do, not what I say. What so saying. if I tell him to do whatever mushy goodness, wonderfulness for himself, and I'm not doing that for myself. going to see that. Yeah. And that, that honestly, that I love that you're bringing that up because that's been the biggest thing with my boys now 
is they're seeing this evolution of me and they're realizing, and like, I'm not hiding that from them. I'm not hiding my vulnerable moments from my boys. Like they see me cry. They see me, they see me yell too, but they, you know, they see me at my worst and they see me at my best and they see me coping, right? They see me saying, this is hard and I don't know how to get through this. And then they see me get through it, you know? And it's like, we're teaching them these lessons that they too are going to, like life is not going to be sunshine, lollipops and rainbows every day, but you will get, and you will get through it. There has to be, you know, like you said, the dichotomy that in order to see the light, there has to be darkness. Like they can't exist without each other. And I think for me, my boys, I'm not hiding this book from my boys. And it's funny because people are like, well, it has a really bad word. And I was like, they've heard me. Like, not that I'm like all the time, like F-bombing. I'm like, come on, they've heard, they've heard it before. And I'm not going, oh, you should say this word. It's a great word. But I'm not hiding the fact, like they'll say, dear mama bear with the messed up hair. Like that's the way we refer to the book. But I'm not hiding that from them. And I'm not hiding the dark pages either. And we actually talk about the dark pages and say like, this was a really hard time for me. And not because of you, because I wasn't taking care of me. Mm. And that's the key thing is like when they realize mom's taking care of her, what are they going to then grow and evolve into? Like they're going to be, if you've got boys, I've got all boys, they're going to be men who see a woman, you know, like a, a mother loving herself as much as she loves her kids. And that's like my older two didn't see that. They mm. saw me being resentful, being so overwhelmed, not having enough time, like, and really like internalizing everything to the point where I had, like, I was a control freak. I had to like have things my way because nothing else would work. And it was just this resent, resent, resentfulness. But now my younger ones, it's like, and now the older ones see it, but like, it's because I wasn't taking care of me. I wasn't doing anything. I'd, like I said before, I'd lost myself. I wasn't doing anything for me. So now the kids see that. And it's just this beautiful, like, it's a beautiful mess because it is. It's like it's not mm -hmm. perfect. They see my ups and downs with the books, like and and launching the company and all of that. And I'm just I refuse to hide that from them because I think oh. it will help them. It I literally was like holding back tears because I resonate with it so strongly. And I don't think very recently, actually through another podcast that I was on, we were talking about something, and um, she it was lovely, and she had asked me, um, you know, what does it mean to me? for my sons to see, you know, what I create something about what I put into this world. And I mm -hmm. thought about it only in that moment. And I was like, you know, it's, I actually don't care at all what they see that I make or whatever, but exactly what you're saying, what I do care. And my biggest hope for our relationship is for them to see the wholeness of me. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's very disorienting and to grow up. And of course, you know, different versions of your parents as you grow and as you mature, but like to unearth like a whole side of a parent that you didn't know existed and right. it's so disorienting and it's so so many more things would make sense and I feel like it's so much more healthy to just be and like yeah. it gives them permission to just be and not hide mm -hmm. parts of themselves so just allowing your children to witness the wholeness of you I think is a totally severely underrated concept like absolutely completely and the fact that you and I really want to say this the fact that you used fucked up in the title instead of messed up I don't think I would look at it again if it said messed up I yeah. think the fact that you used fucked up maybe like this is gonna be this is it's not shocking. blazing yeah. 
Yeah. This is sharp. And this is, yes, that is me. Sorry. Yeah. I think it is extremely important that you use that in the title. And I'm very grateful that you did, because I feel like, so what that we, like, well, that's the, another thing. It's like, of course we don't want our kids yeah. to have paler mouths or whatever, but at the same time, like those words are used when, as like, expression when yeah. they need to be expressed and yeah. you know, I'm not going to punish my kid if he uses it in the heat of something you know I don't want him to feel like anything in the world is off limits to him because it's not nice not accepted or not, nice. not acceptable yeah. <laughs> you know I'm so glad you brought that up that's actually that's something you'd asked me before is there anything I haven't brought up with the book and I haven't spoken about that and that's actually, it was a big decision because originally, like I wrote it as Dear Mama Bear with a fucked up hair because that's how I speak, you know, like when I'm really irritated or when some, or when it's funny, you know, like I'll drop in yeah. it. Like, I'm not offended. And I know, you know, not everybody loves it. That's fine. This book isn't for everybody. That's absolutely fine. I don't, you know, like some people are going to absolutely hate it. That's okay. They're allowed to, they're allowed their opinion. But I had a conversation with one of my best friends and well, actually too. So it came from the angle of um, like, oh, I don't know, you know, if that would sell well in a British bookshop was, was because actually my friend um, Jane, who owns the bookshop, and she had a really valid point because she's like, we have kids coming in, you know, with families. And I was like, I totally get that. And at the same time, I don't just have to sell it through bookshops. Like I can, and and I think in the States it's a little bit different anyway. Like you walk into a Barnes and Noble, you're going to see some books with like, you know, F, F this yeah. or whatever. But my friend Becky said exactly what you just said. And she's like, I would not read the book if it was Dear Mama Bear with a messed up hair. Yep. She's like, I just wouldn't, I'd, I'd walk past it because it is that like expression of this is real. It's hard. We're not pretending. If I had written Dear Mama Bear with a messed up hair, I've already sold my soul because I'm not telling the true story <laughs> and it would all be sunshine and, you know, a little bit of messed up hair. It's like, no, that's not how it works. So mm. There are those moments of, you know what, I'm okay with it not doing as well. It just ah. this is, there are plenty of things that have room, but yeah. there are certain things when you notice it and you know, you know. And it's so funny that your friends are the same exact thing that I yeah. said. <laughs> it's like, and it's really refreshing to hear that because there is the side of me that's like, it's funny when I meet people I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, oh, they're going to be offended when I say, you know, like, they're like, what do you do? And at first I was like, well, I'm trying to be an author. And now it's like, no, I'm an author. I'm an yes. author. This is my fourth book. And I'm not going to hide away from saying, you know, I will say effed up hair instead of fucked up. Like, cause if I don't know you, but still, I'm not going to say messed up hair. Like I'm going to, and yeah. if they don't like it, you can tell immediately. And then we just move on. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And everyone has their rights too, but I really Absolutely. think, I deeply think there's something to when someone is triggered by something like that I think that they're not ready maybe for it but I think that sticks with them and I think that that's something that they might revisit in time as well yeah maybe yeah yeah um I it makes me think about in college I had I created a uh my senior thesis on my family and I made this big uh uh, multimedia installation. So there's photographs, there was old home video stills, and then there was video and there's this video I made and it was very long video. I think it was like 10 minutes mm -hmm. or so or more than that. And it was like, um, cut up of my mom and my dad interviewing with them and then split with home video footage. So I loved it. And the 
the department head and who's lovely as well, but, and in his, you know, honest opinion, he's like, I don't, no one's gonna, you know, this needs to be three minutes tops. Like no one's going to watch the whole thing. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. Yeah. No, that's okay. This is meant something. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is messy family history. (laughs) You know, it's not going to be quick and concise. And I can't tell this story in three minutes. So maybe (laughs) I could, but I don't want to. I created it. Yeah. This is it. This, And if I can't put, you know, in an art gallery, the fullness of myself here that I'm not going to, you know, which is fine. And then at the, at the actually showing, I had people walking up to me in tears, crying. Right. And they didn't even need to watch the whole thing. They could go up, listen to it for a minute and get it. But the whole thing needed to be there. And I think that there's a lot of things that are confusing in Mm -hmm. life and in our artistic expression and life expression, but the things that aren't confusing, we must hold on to. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so true. Yeah. Glad you held on to the fucked yeah. up part. <laughs> yeah. And it's also because like I didn't plan to do it. I think that's when our best work comes too. It's like when we're in alignment and like something just comes to you, then you know that you're supposed to write that. You know you're supposed to draw draw that piece of art or you know, create whatever it is. You know when you know. I think. And I, you know, I, I've just had that realization within the last couple of years. So if I didn't even remember really writing this book, then who am I to edit it? You know, like it it has to just, I just have to allow it to like be because it clearly needs to be. Well, I mean, and you did that while you were literally writing your book and then you stopped and you're like, oh no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You overthink it. Yeah. First, like I love the children's books. I don't have time for this book right now or in whatever, or I wouldn't, if I was reading this, this is what is perfect right now. Yeah. This is, this is a good in between. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it so much. Can you, we kind of, we really rolled through. Um, It had to happen like this. Um, Can you, can we backtrack just a little bit? Can you tell us about your story just in general and how you've gotten to this point? I know a little bit about it, but um, for listeners that don't know. Yeah. So, um, gosh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Like I'm nearly, I'm going to be 49. I'm nearly 50. I feel like I'm still 25. So all of that, I'm to say, I'm like, I don't know how, like I blinked and it happened. So <laughs> I'm probably on the older end of your listening, you know, audience, but like, just take like, seriously, it's, I don't know how that happened. Um, but like, I came over from England to Atlanta in my early twenties and on an internship and was supposed to be here for a year and going back home. And I did the classic, met my husband, um, actually did it the wrong, like being really authentic, got pregnant, got married. (laughs) That's how it happened to be real. And I was like that girl that like, you know, she, oh, she's pregnant at, you know, 22. I had my first child at 23 and no one gave us a chance. I don't think either of my husband or I gave us a chance. Like we were that young. We were, you know, pretty lost and things just happened. Um, but the amazing thing is, is like, we've just celebrated 26 years of, of marriage and we have four boys now. So it's like, it's we've, and that has been a rocky road, like roller coaster. But so I, as I came over as an intern, I was working um, for a for a hotel company, for a hospitality company. And I started making, like I was in the kitchen, I was making massive vats of coleslaw. Like, that was what I was doing for a job as an intern. I hated it. 
But I stayed with that company and I worked and worked and worked and I worked my way up basically from nothing. And so I took, it was nearly 25 year career where I worked from being, making coleslaw in the kitchen to leading a small L&D team, like up at the corporate office. Like that's in 25 years, that's like how far I came. But in all of that, like, and in that time frame, I had four children and in that time, all boys. And in that time frame, like my marriage was going through really high highs and really, really low lows. Like there are some, you know, there's some major things that happened. And all of that, like pushing, pushing, pushing to like drive myself up the corporate ladder to succeed. And I don't know where that came from. I don't know where this, like, I have to do this. I have to get better. I have to get, I have to earn more money. I have to prove myself. And I think a lot of it was like proving that I could be successful. And I don't really know where that came from or what I was thinking success looked like, but it was external. It wasn't anything internal. And I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and striving. That's why my next book, Stepping Away from Superman, like I was striving to be that perfect. I, you know, I'm a perfectionist or I was a perfectionist. I was striving for everything to be perfect in my life. And of course it wasn't. Like it was complete chaos. But visually, it wasn't. So like on the surface, I always went into work with a smile on my face. You know, everything was, you know, rosy, everything was great. But internally, like I was dealing with this major depression that I didn't even really knew existed. Um, so that was carrying on. And actually for me, 2020 COVID was, I know there, you know, it's, it's triggering for some people. It's very, it was very hard for, for many people. For me, it was actually, I was one of those that it was the best thing that happened because I got put on furlough mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I had no job and it was the best thing that ever happened because I didn't know how to stop. And I suddenly had nothing to do. And it was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what do I do? <laughs> I didn't know how to relax. I had no idea how to just be. And that's where like, so the next book that's coming, it's, it's stepping away from Supermom, take off the cape and just be like, let's just put the cape aside. Like it doesn't exist. Like just get rid of it and learn to just be with yourself. And in the past two years, I've done so much work around, you know, that's when I really started meditating. I took some spiritual awakening workshops. I did like, I really dealt, you know, dove into my spirituality, which is also something that was really weird for me to talk about. Um, but now it's not like ironically. Um, and I had a six month furlough and I was actually invited to go back to the company six months later. And I just couldn't do it. Like, I was just like, I, I got like physically sick. I got anxiety. I was like, I cannot, I cannot go back to this because not because like my team, I loved, like, I love the people I was working with, but I didn't like the environment I was working in. And I didn't like who I was in that environment because I was this perfectionist that pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and worked 60, 70 hour weeks. And all my kids saw was me attached to a laptop and they saw me not being my authentic self, not, not living my purpose. And so it was during that, that six month period, I began to write and I wrote like three children's books just came. Like I, one of them, the first one was in a dream, like I dreamt it. And so I wrote about it and I and did that. And then the other two, I wrote with, two, with my two younger boys and I got my, um, I went through a coaching program. I'd already been coaching, like I was a leader anyway. So I was already like coaching unofficially, but I got a coaching, um, you know, accreditation. 
And so I started my own company as um, Jotopia Productions and honestly didn't really know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> so it was like pretty scary. Um, and for the first year I did, you know, I did okay, but I certainly wasn't like, I was the breadwinner in the family for my husband's a, a high school teacher and a football coach. Um, and so me leaving that big role and not going back to it was pretty significant. And for the first year, you know, we were okay. Cause we had some, you know, some savings, but it, it got pretty scary there. And then we actually had two really hard events happen with two of our sons um, in 2021 and then into this year, 22. Not to go into too much detail, but like my oldest had like a complete breakdown and it was really, really tough to deal with as a mom. And he's he's away from home. So like dealing with that and dealing with his mental breakdown and also trying to be a mom and run my own company and all of that was becoming really, really difficult. And then my 12-year-old um, was being incessantly bullied at school. And actually, we had like a suicide scare with him. It was horrendous. And this was just in February of this year. And I hit my lowest point as a mom. And that was the weird thing is like, I wrote this book thinking like, I'm on the other side of that. Like, I've been through this darkness and now I'm on the other side. And it's like, no, you're not. You just went through a tunnel and now you're back in another, <laughs> another tunnel. But it's okay because it's like I was at my lowest point and I still survived that. And with my company, I decided like I just hit this point where I was like, I, I don't have the space to hold all of this together anymore. So I actually went back to my original company and just said to them, I was like, I don't want a leadership role. I don't want to be a full time associate. Like, I don't want any of this, but I I could do with having like a contract role. And they took me back with open arms. And that's what I'm doing right now is kind of juggling both. And they're open to that, which I'm very blessed and very lucky. Ultimately, I want to be able to like launch and, and you know, really step back into Jotopia. But it's, I guess it's just a story of like doing what you need to do to be authentic to yourself. Like I knew that my depression was at a point where I couldn't, I didn't know how to be anymore. Like I had to have some stability in my life. So I did that in going back to this company. But at the same time, I stuck to my values of saying, like, I want to tell you when my schedule is. I will not be, you know, checking emails in the evening. Like, I will do this and that's what I'm going to do. And I'll do it really well for you. But my company comes first and my self-care comes first, you know, and that's that's where I am now. It's like I I I really am so proud of this book because I feel like it's aligned everything I want to do. And it's like. When I threw it out there in the beginning, when I was like, oh, I'm going to be a children's author and I'm going to be a coach and all, you know, it's all exciting and stuff. And now it's like with this book, I have found who I am and I have found who I need to be speaking to. And I've found just that purpose of like, I need to tell my story to show someone else that like you can get through this. And there is there is light on the other side and then the darkness might come again and you'll get through it and you'll, you know, but you'll only get through it by, you know, that you, you, you can't heal what you don't feel. So you have to feel into it. You have to lean into it, asking for help, which is the hardest thing to do in the world. But once you do it, it gets better. And, and, you know, so just educating moms, young moms and, and women and, and women entrepreneurs as well in terms of like, telling their authentic story stop trying to hide that everything's perfect because nothing's perfect oh my god oh. 
I don't even, what does one say to this story? I just, I've like gone through four different um, sessions of goosebumps. I have the lump that I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) And we have have so many parallels as well in this weird season. And I, I don't, where do I, where do I even step in? It's like, I think that it's so beautiful. I think the, the biggest thing is this feeling of like ease and allowance of mm-hmm. like all of the things I, I got laid off um, two weeks into my maternity leave during the COVID thing. And um, I mean, I was still bleeding. Right. And <laughs> I had that moment. And then I also was, had like an invitation to reapply at some point. So yeah. it's so funny. And I was like, no, like if I could get this whiplash in this scenario, then I can certainly do what feels right in my soul for myself. Mm-hmm. There was that. There was the, and I am too going to Atlanta to um, freelance for them in a different. Wow. Happening. And you know what is so important and ex- and it's very parallel to what you're saying is that this is on my terms. Yeah. This is something that feels true to me. This is not me. Oh, my pride or my ego or right. up or going back. No. I think there's so much to be said for not feeling like you have to extreme like this or that. And if you yeah. do this, that means that you're going back on this. Yeah. And I think that's a, a dangerous part of the conversation. It's like this, this new era of like, leave your corporate job and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And listen, I, I think that there's so much truth in that. And I think that some people um, kind of need that cold turkey cut, but there's also a very real part of the conversation when you don't feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Financially in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to thrive. And I'm in that place It's a very scary place, but I also know that I'm not going to use my craft that I love so much and discredit it and go work somewhere for like, yes. I would rather do something completely different so true. than yeah. to compromise in that way. So, I and I think that. that's like, we're both doing that. And, mm. and I think that it's so refreshing that to live in a way that shows that you can pick and choose mm-hmm. the parts of it that are good for you and feel okay for you and still keep yourself at the top. Yes. Yeah. And still keep going. And that's the thing is like, I think we're both like having now this growth mindset versus this, like I, I just even being aware of my thoughts, like it was amazing to see like how I was speaking to myself, what I was telling myself versus now it's like, for me to say, this is the proudest thing. This is the best thing I've ever done. I would never have said that two years ago. Like I would, I couldn't take a compliment. Like somebody would say something and I would push it back to them. Like, Oh, you know, you help me or, you know, and it's like, I give compliments all the time. Like, why can't I receive those? And that's why like, this is, this is huge. I, that's be, to be able to, like you just said, like pick and choose what works for you and know that be open to receiving that too. Like that, that's a gift to be able to say, because I was, to be very honest, like when I decided to go back, there was a part of me that's like, oh my God, people are going to think like I failed. And then I'm like, A, why the hell do I care? Because I haven't failed. When you hear my story, I've survived my son going through an absolutely hideous mental breakdown. And I've survived my, like, 
pulling my son, my other son through wanting to jump out the window. Like, it's like, that's a success story that they're still both here and I'm here. And we, you know, like I haven't failed. I've taken care of myself. I realized like, hold on a second. I cannot keep going down this road because I will be in, you know, I have nothing left to give. So that's, I think it's like when we can step away from worrying about what other people think and just come back to center and say, what is real for me? What feels right for me? What do I need in this moment? And give yourself that gift. Like that's the best thing you can do. And as a mom, then your kids are going to feel that energetically. Like they will, they'll just absorb it. You don't have to do anything, but in taking care of you and like allowing that space to just be, they will have that too. Like they'll get that gift from you. So You know, I think that so often as parents, we find ourselves in these moments of like, what is the best thing I can say? What's the, everything, there are moments where I'm like, oh, I want to say everything I try to say. I think, no, but that's wrong because of that. That's wrong because of that. But just your energy and just the power in silence and just Mm -hmm. being in the way that you want to be is one of the most powerful things that you can do for your kids as well. Yeah. And I I think that the biggest gift that you give in this world too, there's many of them, but like the idea that when you said, you know, oh, I thought I got through this and now I'm in this hideous, like horrible struggle place instead of being like, oh, well, I must not be the authority now. And like taking a seat down, it's like, no, this means you're even more, even more in this position of like, I am the expert in this. I was just talking to someone about this the other night and how it was so funny how she was saying that the way she captures, she's a photographer and the way she captures essence and people and ease. And especially with children is so effortless. Meanwhile, in her life, she bumps up against it so much. Right. Like, that yeah. is why you're the expert. It's not like, yeah. Oh, I can do this here, but I can't do it for myself. It's like, no, you are like, you're just in a different phase in, yes. in here. And then in here, it's like your vision is ahead of your able to act on it in, in your body. Um, but that does in no way means that you're not equipped to lead or like help someone in this. Right. That's so, that's so true. And I think that was my biggest realization because actually what happened, like when I went back to the, to the corporate role in a different way was also when I found or, or it came to me was, was Kathy Heller. And that's how we both met was, you know, through some, some of the courses we've done. And it was in that, like, I, I realized that like, I thought I was in this lowest place where I had nothing left to give. And I literally was like going backwards, but it is now I realized like, I had to go through what I went through to be able to tell my story to then be able to help more people. And when I think when you can be open to realizing that you, I don't know the how I, I don't I let go of like figuring out how I'm supposed to do things anymore and just being open to or even that ego side of like, what are people going to think? Like, you know, what, um, you know, I keep, you know, who am I that keeps coming back to me? Who am I to do this? And this imposter syndrome keeps coming back. But then when I realize, like, I tell my story and you tell your story, like it's a it's just a, an, an energetic connection that we have. And like, the more we can share that with people, that's a gift. And that's like, you don't have to like 
be the best at doing this or be, you know, sell the most books or do all that. It's like all of, none of that matters. What matters is that you're being authentic to who you are and allowing that part of you to shine. Like that's what was really interesting for me was like recently just went to a Kathy Heller retreat and I, one of the amazing ladies there, Megan Doll, she's a photographer as well. And like, she was at the retreat and she had arranged with me to do a photo shoot And at first I was like really nervous because I hate anything like that. And I, it was on the beach. I said, I want to be, I want to be on the beach. I want to have this on the beach because five years ago when I got the inkling of like, I want to write a book, I was on the beach watching a sunset with my two youngest boys. And so I was like, how cool would it be to come full circle? And actually it was a sunset on the East coast. And so then I was in on the West coast. I was like watching, sorry, a sunrise on the East coast. Yeah. And like, how cool would it be to be a sunset on the west coast so we go into this beach and there were two other friends that came along as well and at first I was like really self-conscious because all of that like who am I was in my head and like there were surfer dudes and people you know like on the beach and I'm like oh my god I'm here like with my book and like really shy and nervous and mega within an instant like had me laughing and was just like just let go and then one of the other women there Amy looked at me and she she like kind of pulled me to the side before and she's like I want you to focus on who's going to read this book she's like that's what you need to focus on and back to like being the authority she didn't say it in such a way but it was just like just think about the women that are going to read this book and what a gift they're going to get and somehow that allowed me to like I wrote about it I was like I gave myself permission to shine Mm. and I think we don't do that enough as women, like we hide or we are worried about what people might think if we sound crazy or if we, you know, and it's like, let that go and give yourself permission to shine because we all have a gift and we all need to share that gift for the world to be better. And, and so it was, it was just this magical moment. And I, the, the pictures I have from the beach now are just, I mean, Megan just did such a phenomenal job and I let go. And like, I, I can proudly say, like, I love those photos. Like they captured everything that I wanted to to express. And not only that, it was hilarious in that I hadn't told them anything about this, take off the cape and just be like, that's, I've actually made postcards. Like I have it, like it's something I'm writing about. None of them knew anything about that. We were focused on like the book and this book. And I could, as I was having the photos taken, I could hear to the side, like Amy and Caroline were like off, like running around doing things. And the sun was like a beautiful red in the background and I could hear them doing stuff. And then they came running up and they're like, we have an idea. And Amy had this cape on and she was like, Joe should take my cape and like run with the cape. And I was like, what? (sighs) And she was like, you should take the cape and run with the cape. Like it would just be really cool. And I was like, oh my God. But that's when you know things are happening organically and you're just allowing this to come in because it's being reflected back to me like you are doing the right thing you are letting yourself shine and so now I have these amazing pictures and I literally and I was like guys you didn't like I have this whole thing take off the cape and just be and they were like oh my goodness it's perfect so Megan captured me like running against the sunset with the sunset in the background with this cape and like I literally was on this beach swirling around like laughing and i I don't, I didn't care anymore who was watching me I, and lost track of it. And it was just the best. That's what I want. Like now that I'm talking about, that's the feeling I want for every woman. Like I want anyone like to feel like you're just so in the moment, you're so attuned to like who you're supposed to be and just allowing that through is so important. 
Oh my gosh. I, so beautiful. And I think allowing is the word it. I think that there's a lot of pressure with like, but who am I supposed to be? But what yeah. does that even look like? Right. Just don't even worry about it and allow and allow. And, you know, something that I really feel called to say, because it's something that I have experienced. I think that uh, currently the word authentic and I'll be authentically, I think that they, it's become this kind of glazed over. It's just very popular. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who am I and like self-worth? I think that there is a large population of people, <laughs> because I am one of them, <laughs> that, <laughs> that when you don't identify with something overtly, mm-hmm. it's even more insidious. Yes. I was on a call with someone and they asked me if I had worthiness issues. And immediately I was just like, no. And I'm a very honest person. So it's not like I was like trying to like, but I was like, oh no, like, no, no, you know. And after that was like planted back here in the back Mm -hmm. of my mind, the next two weeks, I was like, well, fuck me. I was was seeing all of the ways in which I was acting like that, but I didn't think it was that. Right. I could say, you know, I have a podcast where I literally like my solo episodes are like diary entries. Like I don't know. And I really, (laughs) but I've now come to understand that there, there is a way in which I almost use my vulnerability and transparency as a way to discredit my own power. And my, so it's so, we are so sophisticated. Our brains are so powerful that we can really disguise these like very damaging behaviors in very sophisticated ways. (laughs) It's so true. That is so true. It's like, I really am. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this is beautiful, but I don't, I don't really struggle with this. I invite you to just mm. take another moment. Not that I want you to find a problem with something right. without a problem, <laughs> but I really, I think that that is something that I have struggled with the most is that because I haven't had, um, you know, big T trauma in different ways, I've yeah. assumed that I don't have these right. issues, but actually I do. Like I'm that person that growing up, uh, my parents never even put pressure. If I ever came home with a bad grade, I was sobbing. My parents thought it was funny and put it on the fridge. Like they never gave me that pressure. But for some reason, you I it. grew up in in this yeah. way and it wasn't them. But right. like, what is that? So right. it's so funny that like we think, oh, I wasn't, I didn't have these big, horrible things happen. So I don't have permission to struggle with that. And I don't struggle right. with that. Yeah. It's like, and I don't have permission to show that. Yeah. It's like, yes, you do. Lift up the hood. <laughs> yeah, <and> exactly. <laughs> Peel back the onion. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love hearing that that shoot happened. I love that that experience. I think that that is so powerful to be able to do that with someone capturing it because mm. now you have proof. You have like yeah. this visual memory that you're probably able to go back to when you look oh, at the pictures absolutely. of what it felt like absolutely like those are those are pictures that I will cherish forever like and she, and Megan captured them so perfectly and she captured it was just she got the whole essence of like of what I wanted to pull through and and more I mean it yeah it's lovely to have those you know forever now to to look back on oh my goodness well this has been like the most magical conversation I feel 
I don't even know. I've like gone through the spectrum of emotions and it's <laughs> not <too>. even noon. <laughs> can you please tell us like, where can we find this book? Where can we find more about you and your coaching? Just all of the things. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So my website is livinginjotopia.com. <laughs> um, and my handle on Instagram is the same living in Jotopia. Um, the book is on pre-order right now. It's available. It's coming out on September the 20th. Um, and you can search for it on Amazon. You can Barnes and Nobles. Like you can actually should be able to. I'd be interesting to hear if anybody can do this. You, I've been told you can go into a bookshop and actually ask for it and order it, um, which will be quite funny to say. I'd like a copy of Dear Mama Bell with the fucked up hair. So I challenge somebody to do that and then let yeah. me know. That would be awesome. Yes, um, please. <laughs> um, I'll uh, yeah, I'll I'll do something special if someone does that. I'll, I'll make a big deal of that. Um, but yeah, it's available now on pre-order um, in both hardback and, and paperback versions um, coming out in September. And yeah, I've got some, you know, I'm, I'm going to be launching more in the future. I've actually got a big event that I'm planning for a big, like it's called celebrate you, or it's going to be along the lines of that in December in Atlanta um, to celebrate the book and then celebrate other female entrepreneurs and women and like, just have a big party at the end of the year. So just, I would, I would love, you know, follow, follow the story on Instagram or, you know, get in touch with me. I'm open to coaching and I'm going to be doing some group coaching and things like that as well in the future. So. Oh, so exciting. I will put all of um, Joe's links in the show notes. Uh, so if you uh, don't remember it, just head to the show notes and you can click on it from there. Um, thank you so much. I, I can't even, if I talk about it, I'll start crying. So <laughs> what you're doing is so deeply needed mm-hmm. and I, I just cannot wait to see what, what else you do and mm-hmm. how this book reverberates for literal generations to come. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for giving me this opportunity. It was so lovely to chat to you. I feel like we've been friends forever. We <laughs> <I know. laughs> Oh my gosh. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.